sneak in here. What's up, dude? How are you? Good morning, my friend. How are you? It is a uh, it is a rather significant day here on the Ref Radio Network. That it is. At least for our show. Because, number one, we're going to... We got two in-studio guests, which are very... I don't say in-studio guests are rare for this show, but two in the same day is a little bit rare. So it means, number one, I have to clean up a little bit. Can't be as... I don't know. I've got to treat it like I'm on remote, Josh. So I tend to dress a little nicer when I'm on remote. Well, Caven's Gary kindly. Gary kind of keeps me away from everyone, so I can I can be a little bit more myself. But college seat, college shirt today. Wore the wore the Jordans. I've been told that you're not supposed to tie your Jordans. Have you heard that before? You just put them on and away you go. I guess so. Slip them on and. Boom. Who was the player from Michigan that never tied his shoes? Ended up playing for the Jaguars for a little bit. Ah, name escapes me. 800 people on the text line will correct me. And then Rima, the, the funny thing, by the way, the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line is the greatest addition to this station and show. The greatest and the worst. But the greatest, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet better be selling a ton of cars because it's the smartest and wisest sponsorship ever. Every single show uses it in some way, shape, or form. In fact, I'm going to, I'm probably going to hit up Knippelmeyer Chevrolet to look for my truck. But just to kind of give you an idea, we'll get three or four texts that will say, it's this guy. No, it's this guy. No, it's that guy. And then five people that'll be like, what do you mean you don't tie your shoes? Everyone ties their shoes. <laughs> just like yesterday, whenever I was bringing up my issue with my car. I, what, what are people more experts at, Josh? Auto, automobile? Automobile repair? Or restaurant recommendations? It might be the latter, right? We got a lot of restaurant recommendations for Scary Gary yesterday. People know their food. I would say, yes, restaurant recommending. So the point is, I'm a little bit dressed up today. Josh always dresses uh, nice. And we are getting to spend a whole hour with David Goodspeed today from OEC Fiber. Now, to be clear... David has probably been to more NFL games in the past couple of years than any of y'all. So we'll talk a little bit about his beloved Rams and Sophie Stadium. Yes, I know it's SoFi, but I just – I'm sorry. What, is SoFi even available in this area? I'm just curious because when you have Justin Herbert commercials that are being crammed down my throat, I'm like, wow, can I even get that here? I have no idea. I don't even know what it is. I thought it was a furniture company. Guess not. Do you know what SoFi is without looking it up? No. Yeah, see? SoFi Technologies, an online personal finance eh. company and, and online bank. Yeah, no. I got my bank. Get out of here, Sophie. But uh, so David's got a whole hour. He A lot of cool things that are the boss lady and the boss man, Casey and Bryman, they'll at certain events – make available advertising they'll make available you know sponsorships they'll make available opportunities to have your own hour and these are at charity events and you can bid on them sometimes they're giveaways i remember we gave away a boatload of commercials one time this was like two years ago i think whenever i emceed one of these events and i think i gave away a lot more than i was supposed to I was just in the middle of my, not only will you get to do this, but you'll get to do this. Now, thankfully, I, uh, thankfully, I 
never really got called on that. Or maybe I did, and that was a mess that Casey and Brian had to clean up. But, so with that in mind, David's going to spend an hour with us. He was kind enough to, he was kind enough to give money towards a good cause. So David Goodspeed's coming in to talk some, and he's a diehard football fan. I mean, listen, as far as people who can actually end up purchasing an hour and that you would want to hang with, David Goodspeed's pretty high on that list. And I M H O, in my honest or humble opinion, top of the depth chart. We will be hearing from Van Halen. We will be hearing a lot about Van Halen. And then uh, a little bit later on in the program, speaking of one of our favorites, David Quirk is going to swing uh, swing by. You've heard a lot about the Deacon, uh, Deaconess Pregnancy and Adoption Gala that's going on. We were having a debate about this. Gala or gala? Which way do you go? Because as soon as Probably you Probably s- gala. Really? Okay. I always thought gala. I've, I've heard both, and I've probably pronounced it both. Wow, exactly. Because when I say gala, I think of Gala Boone. Hall of Famer, Riley Boone's ball. But Gala probably works better in this situation, maybe. So David Quirk is swinging by. Plus, tomorrow on the program, we're going to go a little bit more in-depth on UCF. And then on Friday, our regular conversation with Lee Sterling. And as always, this show is about you. If you know what you want to talk about before we lay out any of the topics on the show today, you can hit us up on said Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439, or the Riverwind Casino Jackpot line, 405-329-9000. In, uh, before we get to any major takeaways from BV's presser, which we'll still go through it with good speed. We'll still listen to uh, all the highlights from it. Any any big takeaways from yesterday that stood out to you as you and I were sitting here taking it in whenever Brent Venables did his weekly press conference with the media? Anything that really jumped out to you? I'm sure that there will be more as we listen back to it, but uh, just the work's not done, right? They've had a chance to get a little healthy over the two weeks, but they understand. They understand that – and and his discussion on uh, the offensive skill weapons for UCF, that's that's kind of caught my attention this week. I think if there is – there's two things. That was a little loaded question. I had two things that really stood out to me. Number one, there is, there might be a little Lou Holtz quality, and by that I mean, let me clarify quickly, <laughs> to kind of the way in which the opponents are going to be positioned in the future. Lou Holtz was always building up the opponent as if you were playing a national championship contender, right? You know, I know my, I don't have a Lou Holtz impersonation, but Austin Peay's coming in here, and that's a really good football team. You know, they've got – and Notre Dame would beat them by 50, always building up the opponent. But I, I get the sense as, you know, Brent Venables is – let me back up a little bit further. Lou Holtz would always do it, and it would always sound like BS. You're like, okay, buddy, stop. No, no, it's like a national championship team. It's like, stop. I bring that up because I think Brent Venables does it in a way to where – it makes you believe it. It makes me worried. I'm like, do you hear the way you talked about UCF? When do you hear him talk about Kansas coming up this week? It's going to be incredible. Next week, it's going to be incredible. Um, but uh, it, it it caught my attention, and I I bring it up because it doesn't matter how I feel about UCF or what I think about their offensive weapons or what I think about Gus Malzahn as a coach. 
What matters is how you know his players are bought in in the preparation and the scheming and understanding the game plan, right? That's that's what's most important. So to me, if I'm listening to that and I'm suddenly like, dang, UCF still hasn't put their football game notes out. But I started going in and doing my my pregame stuff last night, unless they just did yesterday. I started going through and doing my pregame stuff last night. And just in looking at the numbers, Josh, it's a very, very good football team, right? If this was year – if this wasn't year one in the Oklahoma – in the Big 12, then I – that might be a team that's running roughshod through the American Athletic Conference right now. It's a good football team, right? So I, I'm I'm intrigued, especially with John Rice Plumley coming back to see how Oklahoma defends that. Here's the second big takeaway that I had. It really truly sounds like it's going to be all hands on deck in that guard situation on the offensive line for Oklahoma. It it does not – obviously, McCain Mataller is out for a little bit now, as they said, avoided the worst-case scenario, which to me is great news, right? Great, great news because as much as y'all had been freaking out over McCain Mataller heading into the season and how could he be the guy, he's ended up, Josh, being really, really good, right? He's been a lot better, I think, than many people expected. But I, I get the sense that you're going to see a little bit of everyone in the interior. I think you're going to see Caleb Schaefer. I think you're going to see Caden Green. I think you're going to see uh, Troy Everett. I think you're going to see Savion Bird. In fact, it, it wouldn't surprise me at, off, uh, at all if either A, Savion Bird starts at right guard on Saturday or B, is the next man up. I get the sense on Saturday because – Three-fifths of this offensive line seems like it's really solid, right? Tackles and center. Really good. But and, – and I didn't see where they had – off the top of my head, I was trying to, to remember it. But I'm pretty sure that they've been playing Everett mostly at what? Right guard? So I think that they're and, – and by the way, Troy Everett, probably more of a natural center if you really want to nerd out about the offensive line. But – I I think that there is a a really good chance that you see Green, Savion Bird, Caleb Schaefer, and Troy Everett in, I don't necessarily say a constant rotation, but continuing to work until they find out, okay, which one is going to be the best fit. Sure. Healthy little mix. UCF is probably a great matchup for a guy like Troy Everett. They're not necessarily big beasts inside. He's going to struggle with bigger dudes because Everett, even though 6'3", 294 is a beast in my world, you know, 6'3", 294 is a little little undersized, right? And I don't really – when they say 294, he maybe seems a biscuit short of that whenever you're around him. So, to me, you know, you think of Schaefer. Caleb Schaefer, 6'5", 344. You think of – Caden Green, 6'5", 316. Mm-hmm. I mean, those to me are the two guys that you would naturally want just because of their strength. But then again, I, I mean, even Bryn Venable said it yesterday about 
Caleb Schaefer. You get the sense maybe Caleb Schaefer's not the best practice player. <laughs> kind of by what Brent Venable said about Bill Beanbow's mindset with uh, with Caleb Schaefer the other day. But I think th- those that to me was one of my big takeaways is we're gonna see we're gonna see a lot of dudes, I think, well, four that are gonna battle for those guard spots. And by battle, I mean if someone has a couple bad series, Bill Beanbow's like, all right, get in there, Savion Bird. And whatever Savion Bird is going through, I don't know. You know, you 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 guys can go as a Pruder film, and we all have, and we know the moment where it seemed like things went really south for him. But then in the same vein, a couple weeks ago, you know, the word we got was, yeah, he's fine. So, you know, try to compartmentalize and figure that out right now with where Savion is and what he can and could be. But maybe – I said this. I went back, and I've kicked myself a thousand times. I went back before that last drive, and, you know, I'm over on the sidelines, and we're trying to figure out, okay, McCade Matoyer is out. Who's coming in on the offensive line? Josh, Savion Bird's hopping around like a dude that's getting ready to come in the game. Sure. I mean, he's jumping around. He's he's right. And then all of a sudden, when they go to take the field, he, he's not. So, I, he's my point is he's still engaged, but I just – I don't know why – he hasn't been able to get back on the field yet because to me, what I see is something that is not injury related, but now out of need might have to see him out there, but is it too late? Has Caleb Schaefer already shown that he can be that guy? Has Troy Everett and his mad consistency shown that he can be that guy? I don't know. And and probably this week will give us a pretty solid indication on all of that because again, UCF is someone theoretically you're going to be able to have a ton of success running the football against and that sort of lends itself to okay let's let's mix and match and toss some different bodies out there and see what works best if you don't see him this week then yeah I don't know could be a combination of reasons why you're not seeing him if Andrew Rain decides this is his last year and I think he has one more year if he wants it uh, maybe for him he says listen I'm I got to go to the league while I'm healthy, while I can. Maybe he does. He had been projected as a second-round pick last year. I mean, Troy Everett's your starting center next year. I mean, Oklahoma's had a lot of success in guys who play some guard and then shift to center. Uh, Unless Bates makes this big-time jump. I think that they really like Troy Everett a lot. I, I think they really like Troy Everett a lot as, as being more of But you're right. I mean, Joshua Bates is one of those rare guys that came in recruited as a center out of Colorado. Um. And a lot can change between now and you know, next fall. He's in a scheme that – or he's in a weight system that's unlike anything he's ever been a part of, so maybe he blows up. Who knows? But I just, they like Troy Everett a lot as a center. He, he'd have the inside track. But I don't know if he's his most effective at guard. So while he might be the best mind or technical offensive lineman that they have, I think they really want Bird, Schaefer – or Caden Green to step up and be that guy. And and Green might naturally be a tackle. But Gabe has often said, hey, man, this guy is an NFL guard if he wants to be. So that's that's one big takeaway from me. Did you feel like we got – I know we got a break. Did we get any clarity on the receiver now? With Andrew Anthony out, seems like a lot of talk about Nick Anderson, just kind of like a next man up mentality, right? Sure. Yeah, it would be easy to look at it and say Nick Anderson, Jaden Gibson, those couple of guys are going to get a lot more reps. But we'll see. Uh, you, you go down the board a little bit, Petaway, others. There's there's going to be some snaps to be had. Yeah. 
All right, quick break. It is 9-19. We'll start hearing from Brent Venables as the show rolls on. When we come back, though, I guess we have a – I guess I have to – I have to do something very gross for me. I'm just going to be honest with you. Josh, I have spent time defending Alabama. I have spent time on national airwaves defending the Kansas City Chiefs. When we come back, I have to stand up with my grossest defense ever. So I'm going to go gargle with some bleach. Be ready to roll next right here on The Ref. All right, coming up at 10 a.m., we'll go back through the Brent Venables press conference as David Goodspeed's going to be in studio with us for an hour. So let's go. Um, I also I, – I like the question that Ryan Aber asked about the trick plays and how you prepare for them. So we'll go through that as yeah, Oklahoma that- – that's been an interesting angle this week. I didn't know that there was like a deception meter or a trick play meter or a percentage for that, but uh, I'm here for it. Any Anything of that nature, I'm all about. It makes sense that, uh, especially relative to the schedule that you're playing, somebody on staff is charting everything. So to be charting that is, is not totally shocking, but kind of interesting to hear about. Right. Not only charting it. But to a degree where they're charting like everybody, <laughs> everybody. So yeah, not I, just that. That part is a little crazy. I don't. I don't know how they're doing that. I have no clue whatsoever. But we'll uh, we'll get to that coming up later on in the program. The collective community of charters. Speaking of having a, a jaw dropping awe of certain things, I wish we had something to report from the NIL hearings that took place. Not by hearings, I guess. That's probably making it sound severe when it really wasn't those people that are and and i i appreciate greg sankey i think he is a very smart man wiser than i'll ever be i i love all the people with knowledge that i talk to but there is no way after what i read and followed yesterday that people think that there is anyone in that room in an official capacity representing our government that is going to figure out a way to police NIL. What an absolute clown show that was yesterday. And it was the 10th hearing, Josh. There's the, been nine before this? The 10th. How, the 10th. Why was this uh, – why did this one get so much attention and the other nine did not? I don't, I don't know. I, here's why. Well, actually, I do know. Because Charlie Baker was talking. Because the president, El Presidente – of the NCAA was talking. That that is why. Still nothing though on uh reinstatement changes for sports gambling violations. Nothing. Not a thing. But Charlie Baker was asked about his previous comments he made about Israel. Which I'm like <laughs> <laughs> uncomfortable. What what are we even doing here? <laughs> this is pretty funny from from five eight oh Nate real quick. It feels like seven world wars have started since so you last played football. Dude, it's funny, but it might be true. All right, Josh, let me get this out of the way so we can have a clean slate for the rest of this show. Okay, here we go. Aaron and Austin tweeted this. Report, USC Caleb Williams wants partial ownership for the NFL. That will uh, 
Caleb Williams wants partial ownership from the NFL team that will select him in the 2024 draft per, fo- per pro football talk. Now, this, this thing done blowed up last night. Did you happen to catch this? I was a little bit on Twitter too much before I fell, as- uh, fell asleep watching the Netflix documentary about Jewel. Which, which any good? Uh, in fairness, I fell asleep because I was pretty tired, but I was intrigued by it. You want to talk about next level d bags? I don't know if I'm allowed to say that on the air. I apologize. But like her agent and stuff, or no, 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 no. I'm sorry, not Jewel the performer. <laughs> sorry, I apologize. The thing that was the e-cigarette, Jules, huh. Jewel. Sorry, <laughs> not yeah. <laughs> That's a much more interesting documentary. It was. It was. I fell asleep. I fell asleep. But good, good clarification. So, Aaron, I appreciate you sending this. All right, here we go. This is an old report. I don't know why it made its rounds last night, but it's an old report, and the NFL already shot it down. It's like, yeah, none of that's happening. I don't, I don't know. Like, this Dove climbing dude, I don't know who he is, but he's got a billion followers, and he'll throw something out, and everyone loses their mind on it, but they don't, like, click and read it. I don't know why this made the rounds again last night. I have no clue. But there's nothing on Pro Football Talk about it since July. And whenever it was reported in July, they shut it down. The NFL is like, yeah, that's not happening. That's never going to be a thing in our league. Yes, Aaron Rodgers reportedly asked for it, but it's not going to be a thing in the NFL, especially for a a rookie quarterback. So as fun as that is, and as, as somebody who had very minor dealings with Caleb and his business crew, it would not surprise me at all to have them be like, well, um, what about if he just gave us the team? Can, would not surprise me at all. But, yeah, we'll just take the football team. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, how about this? You want to draft me? I want the football team. So, Aaron, I'm glad you brought it up. I mean, it'd be such a small ownership stake. Yeah, I mean, it, it'd be ridiculous. Now, these are the kind of stories – that I think are planted to scare people away. But then I also, I don't, I don't know if the nice try. Hold on, I'm trying to think of the kindest way to put this. What's a nice way to say, I don't know if a person, and not necessarily the individual people surrounding them, I don't know if a person is smart enough to realize that they might be doing something to scare people away that they just think that's what they should get. I think I just said it, right? I don't know if the crew around Caleb Williams is sharp enough to say, yeah, let's scare teams away. I think they really did want that. And I think that that was really something that was floated out. But my point is, it's already been it's already been shot down, and it's not a story. I can't believe I'm having to defend that. The other thing I'm having to defend, Josh, is what I sent you in the DMs this morning. Did you see what the the good old uh, USC fans are blaming their lack of success on now? Did you Culture, happen? Culture's not good. We got a bunch of cheerleaders down there. This is from at Inside USC. A former USC All-American attended the Notre Dame game. First of all, I know we got a break, and I know David's waiting. But if you're too much of a chicken bleep, as a former All-American, to not put your name on something, you hold more weight than 90% of the people who have an opinion on this program. Any program. So put your name on it. That 
I saw that, number one, I'm like, how soft is that? A former USC All-American. So to me, that means either at Inside USC is making this up or someone is just soft. They said, I have a tough time with the guys on the sideline waving towels and jumping up and down. That is not the USC that I know. We weren't cheerleaders. We whipped you because we were prepared to play. I was embarrassed. Again, it goes back to the certain things that you don't care to see when you lose by four scores. Right! I mean, that's really what this is about. It's not the waving of the towels. It's the situation and the waving of the towels. I agree. All right, so there. I feel a little better now. But in my defense, I don't even know if it's a defense. It's just a clarification of what was out there. We got a big event coming to Oklahoma on, let's see here, November the 2nd. David Court, heading in studio next, right here on The Ref. So, again, Josh chastised me accordingly. I don't know if that's standing up or sticking up for Caleb Williams, but it's more of a point of information, right? Yeah, I, don't, I wouldn't describe it as okay. standing up for him. Just want to make clear. It's more uh, pointing out that this is fake clout, ladies right, and Right, right. It, it was – it was an old story that's already been debunked, and for some reason it started making its rounds again last night. We don't like the resurfacing of stories that happened months ago. It, it, it's so 2020. It's, I not, mean, it's not what we're about. This is what would happen during COVID, David Quirk, is all of a sudden we'd be sitting here, and a story that we thought we had either debunked or talked about becomes a major story again. Of course, we didn't have a lot of sports to talk about during that time. Yeah, so. it was uh, a little, 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 little more acceptable then. Uh, how you been, man? I've been good, man. It's uh, Greatest radio voice of a non-radio guy ever, David Quirk. We also got the face for radio, too, right? No, 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 no. So, not at all. Not at all. Yeah. Uh, big event coming up. Now, we were having a big debate. I don't know if you heard it. For the love of adoption, gala or gala? You know, I go with gala. But okay. On, but honestly, I'll go either way. So, okay. Yeah. I think it's up for interpretation, and yeah. no one has corrected us yet on that. It might, text be, line. it might be a little bit of uh, you know where you're from. That's you know, true. Like re- it could be some regional stuff. On that, and may- regals too. If if you're more, it might be the gala. But if you're from yeah. Oklahoma, so I've got to go to the gala. Yeah. So whichever way works for me. Miami, Miami. Right. You know, that kind of stuff. There are so many people that I love correcting them whenever they're like, "Yeah, yeah, uh, Miami, Oklahoma." Like Miami. And just wait for their reaction. It's fantastic. Uh, I also love to see the look on people's faces whenever you uh, adopt someone and you change their lives. And that's what you guys are all about uh, over uh, Deaconess Pregnancy and Adoption. For the love of Adoption Gala coming up on November 2nd. So we're getting there, which is wild to look at the calendar and see that, you know, today is what, October 18th? So we are just a couple weeks away. Two, two weeks and one day. Not that I'm Not counting. that you're counting that or anything. Counting. Take me through it. Take me through what the uh, – well, first of all, for those that haven't heard David on with us before, tell us about Deaconess Pregnancy and Adoption and what you guys are all about. Yeah, you bet. We are a, a private adoption agency in Oklahoma City. We are the oldest adoption agency in the state of Oklahoma. We've been around since 1900, so before Oklahoma was a state. Uh, we have we have been around, and we work with uh, with pregnant women, uh, we who may be interested in placing a child for adoption, uh, and so we work with the uh, uh, the birth mom and the families uh, who are, who are interested in adopting to kind of work with them together to, to facilitate, facilitate that process. Uh, we also have a counseling center on site because we recognize that adoption is not really just a one time thing; mm-hmm. uh, it's a lifelong process for all parties involved. And so uh, our counseling center is there for anyone who is touched by adoption. You don't have to. Have 
done the adoption through Deaconess, just whether you were, you have some adoption in your story, whether it's foster care, um, maternal mental health, infertility, things like that. So the, the counseling center is open for, for all parties there. Uh, and so then, you know, we, we raise money to provide these services for, for anyone, who, who, anyone who needs them. So. It's um as somebody, and I think you and I have even talked about this. Yeah. There's a personal side of this to me because I have so many of my, uh, so many of my great friends that have been uh, part of adoptions, yeah. and it's been talked about in our family that yeah. we want to uh, adopt at some point. There, th- the bottom line here is the the need is there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the need is there. Yeah, ex- exactly. You know, we uh, uh, we will, we will work with you know. Uh, you know, hundreds of women a year. Um, not all choose to place, and so yeah. you know, we we have, we support the women who choose to parent as well. And so it's you know it's it, there's a, it, we we do a lot, and we're there to just provide services for those uh, those who need them. And now Thursday is one of the the, the fun events. You guys yeah. do a handful of events throughout the year. The uh, DPA Gala for the Love of Adoption. They raise money and awareness for your mission, uh, and it's going to be really cool. You're going to be having stories shared on adoptions from multiple personalities and perspectives, and you got a panel discussion. Amanda Taylor is going to be there for Channel Nine BDMC. What's what's the panel discussion? Yeah, like? we've got we've got several adult adoptees. Uh, so. so Adoptees who are now now grown up adults, uh, and they were all through adopted through Deaconess, and so we've got a panel discussion with them and Amanda Taylor. They're just going to talk about, you know, what what's life like as an adoptee. What what do you wish people knew about adoption? How did you process adoption growing up, and what made you you know how did it impact your life? Those kind of things. And so, you know, we've got we'll also have a uh, a video from um, uh, one of our birth moms talking about her her experience placing a child for adoption. And then we've got another video, uh, and this is really cool. We used a company out of Dallas to make these, it's almost like a documentary. It's, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a really nice, well-done story that takes you through uh, one of our adoption stories from last year. Uh, I don't want to give a ton away, but, it, but it's kind of a really special and, and different uh, story. Um, and I've seen the, the rough cut of it already, and we'll need some tissues at all the tables to be ready for everybody on that. But just getting people to know, you know, what does adoption look like from the birth mom's perspective, uh, the, the panel will talk about what does it look like to be an adopted child, and in the video, I think it will also tell what's it look like to be an adoptive couple. You know, so we're trying to tell, show adoption from all the different perspectives in the in the process. I, th- I think that we've evolved as well. You know, I, I I grew up watching the movies to where it's the kids left on the the doorstep and things of that nature, but. You know, it's a different world now, David, to where they have people like like digging this pregnancy and adoption that can help. And you have families that are wanting to bring people into their homes and you can still have that relationship with your child, even even when you're at a place that I can't care for them. I just can't do it. And that can still happen. And I think that that's one of the great things about the the information, the education that you guys provide is there is a life. It's not just. All right, you're going to bounce around from up. No, there is a life that can be had and a very fruitful one too through adoption. Yeah, exactly. And I think you know one important thing too. We have um, you know we're big on what we call open adoption, where mm-hmm. uh, the, the birth family still has some connection uh, and relationship with the the child. And, I think and, that's and, important. Yeah, well, studies have shown. I mean, I mean you know, 45, 40, 50 years ago, that wasn't the case, right? right. Like, no one talked about it, and you didn't tell the kid they were adopted until they went to school and learned. Wait, my eyes don't match. You know, right. kind of stuff. Um, <laughs> Where's my birth you know, certificate? Yeah, it's like, ex- yeah. but we we know that like adoption like. The open the openness of it, it matters to to all particularly the kid and all involved you know and so it's you know we work to to facilitate open adoptions and reunions down the road and things like that so it's you know it's it's important because you know you're gonna have a, adults talking at this and 20, 25, 30 years from now you don't want these people who were adopted to look back and be like my family didn't want me that that's yeah. not always the case they Let's, just they couldn't care for you and they're gonna put you in a place where they can't exactly I mean if you if you really look at it. 
choosing to place your child for adoption is the most sacrificial thing a woman can do because, mm-hmm. because she's she's saying, I love this, I love my child enough that I want for them what I can't mm-hmm. provide. And so it's not a case of the child not being wanted. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a case of I care about this child enough to to help them in ways that I, I just can't take care of them right now. And you can get tickets right now by going to dpa.org. There's going to be many opportunities to support DPA uh, at the gala this year. Uh, you're bringing back the mystery pool yeah, program. Yeah, yeah. After, after after a couple of years off in the mystery pool bag, we've we've, we've heard our, our our people. We were bringing it back, so we've got a lot of great prizes donated. Uh, and so when you get there for one hundred dollars, you can you can pick a bag. We have a hundred bags. Oh wow! Uh, and so you can you can pick one, and you will randomly get something in there. Very so, cool. Some are worth more than others, but they all have some some cool stuff in them. But uh, you know, the main thing is we're going to raise a lot of good money for the mission of DPA through that program. But you, but yeah, you, you pay a hundred dollars, and you walk away with some prize that you don't know what it is until you open the bag and see. Live auction at the end of the evening with yeah. some really, really cool items. That's some really cool stuff. We got, uh, uh, we've got one of our community members has donated a side of beef. Uh, which is huge. Which somebody, is somebody. Yeah, like, I, I, I have no know, idea. I, I'm not. I'm not like in that realm. I don't have a big enough freezer for that kind of stuff. But well, I've got two. But, but I'll store them for you yeah. guys at a minimal cost. Yeah. Well, <laughs> this one includes like custom processing and delivery. Oh, it's of all amazing. The meat, so it's huge. It's, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. So we got that. We've also got an awesome. We've got an OUTCU football package uh, the day for Thanksgiving. Uh, oh, nice. Another great 11 a.m. kickoff. Yay! So uh, I saw that. I think that was 11 a.m. too. Oh right? my but, gosh! Uh, is it really? Yeah, I think oh, so. No. But uh, we got so we got OU tickets. We've also got a signed football. Ball from Britain Venables, and then an O'Connell's gift certificate, so you can go and have lunch before the game or after the game. If it's an 11 a.m. game, probably right. But right, uh, so we've got an OU package um, for our friends in Stillwater. We've got an OSU package as well for the OSU BYU game the next day. That includes tickets to uh, the OSU game, a, uh, a Mike Gundy football, and also a, a gift card to uh, Eskimo Joe's. Uh, we also have a three thousand dollar diamond necklace that'll be in the live auction, and nice. it's like I, mean, I saw it yesterday. I had to go lock it up in our safe, but it, it looks really cool if, uh, for people who like diamond necklaces, and then. And we also have this is a cool one. We have a week long stay in Orlando uh, at a two with a two bedroom resort, and we're going to include a thousand dollar Disney gift card, so you can choose what tickets you want or things. Oh, very cool! And also a thousand bucks towards your airfare. So, That's awesome. Yeah. So you know these are all live auction things at the end of the night, uh, where we're going to raise a little money through through those things there as well. Cowboy Heritage and Western uh, Western Museum doors are going to open at six p.m. on uh, I almost said Wednesday on Thursday, November second. Uh, program will start promptly at 7, and you're going to get tickets right now by going to dpa.org. dpaok.org. dpaok.org. That's okay. This is the most detailed and incredible list that I've ever been given for an interview, so that's on me. I didn't read it correctly. dpaok.org. What, what, what else do you guys need, David, beyond just wanting people to go buy tickets to this event? Uh, it's going to be a great night, yeah. a great night of uh, of talking about the greatness of adoption and what you guys do. But what is there bigger needs? Do you need more families? What do you need right now? No, you know, we 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 have we actually have a, we have a waiting list of families That's so right awesome. now, so we're, we're we're good on that. You know, I think the main things that you know we 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 use or we need would be you know just. You know, just general support. If you can't come to the right. gallery, you can still make a donation, right? You go, all of a sudden, make a donation, just dpaok.org. There's a big Give Now button right there. Um, you know, we're a faith-based organization. We believe in prayer as well. So, you know, people just want to, you know, pray for the families that are waiting or the women who are, who are thinking about adoption. That That is always appreciated from us as well. So, um, but, yeah, it's just, you know, it's just, uh, uh, yeah. So. Prayer. Prayer works, man. It's yeah. powerful. And also your money helps, too. So go to dpaok.org. Yeah. Six o'clock is when doors open on November the 2nd. Always a great time. David, thanks for coming by, man. Yeah, absolutely. Anything we left out that you want to make sure we hit on? 
No, I think I think we got it all. We got it. We got it all. We, I will say, you know, this year we, we've been here year, in years past talking about our guest speakers, right? And we're not doing a guest speaker this year. Uh, we we're focusing more on our mission because we want people to know more about what we do. Um, I, I was hinting towards you off air. We we do have a speaker for next year. Very I, cool. I just, I just can't say who it is on the, on the air yet. Uh, but if you come to the gala that night, uh, we're going to reveal it that night who who it is next year. So, but very uh, cool. But, yeah, but uh, we're excited about this year to share just more of what we do and who we are and the, and the people we serve and. Looking forward to a great night. So come on out and buy your tickets. Beautiful. Thanks, David. I appreciate you, man. You're the best. It's David Quirk. That's coming up November the 2nd. Go to dpaok.org for more information. It's Plank Show. 580 Nate checked in. That's awesome, Nate. Cool pick. He's he's adopted a little boy. They're trying to adopt a girl. Oh, cool. dpaok.org where you can learn more. Uh, I didn't realize that the uh, towel waving would have you all feeling some kind of way. Vinny Paul asks, do we still wave towels on our sideline? I, I know they were lifting up one of the dudes and throwing him around the other day. I don't, I don't think there's a lot of towel waving that goes on over there, but that's just me. Um, guy from Parts Unknown writes, jumping up and down, waving the towels is stupid, win or lose. Something Bryles did at Baylor, reason enough to distance yourself from it. Spence in Tulsa. Not going to lie, win or lose, I hated the towel-waving Mickey Mouse stuff. Wow, I, I didn't know that had you guys feeling that kind of way. Now, again, from my perspective, it's not something that I see a ton of in relation to, like, the game. I mean, it's right in front of me, but I don't know what it looks like on camera or anything. Cause, and even when I watch back on the TV, I, I would only notice, like, a dude running down the sideline with the towel. And I'm like, well, I don't even know what that is. But my point was not that it's Mickey Mouse or not that it's that. It's not the reason that it's not the reason why USC is losing games. That was kind of my point more than anything. Yeah, they're losing else. games because they're just not very good. Defensively they got some problems and oh by the way, they gave up what, the kick touchdown and Caleb Williams threw three picks. <laughs> and scary Gary writes, these guys are heard over some towels. Talk about sensitive. I don't think I don't have a problem. See, David, I don't have a problem with anything that motivates your team. I, I don't, I don't care how you do it. Just if it, and some might say, some might be yelling. It's like you shouldn't need that to get motivated, and and you might be right. I don't know, but it's, I don't know, Josh. It feels contrived. Yeah, and I think that's the point. The anonymous All American is making is, don't wave towels when you're getting whooped. Right. Right, exactly. This, this isn't wasn't a part of our culture. We knew when we showed up, we were going to go beat you because we were better than you. We had put in the work to go beat you. Right. We didn't need to jump up and down on the sideline and wave towels. <laughs> Without, you know, not that I put it particularly eloquently, but that's probably in a more expansive way what they were trying to say. Sounds like they got some culture issues over there, Josh Helmer. Culture, baby. That's right. Spence in Tulsa, you're right. It's not the towels. It's the Mickey Mouse culture. 100% right. I think that's what it is more than anything else. Now, here's the thing. It it was funny. Jesse G had two of the best texts to the show. I'll get to them here in a second. It's funny in that people like Matt Leiner like to tee off on Sooner fans on Twitter and Things of that nature, and it's like, oh, see, we're just living in your head, and blah, blah, blah. No, not – it's just – 
It's fun when your ex is struggling while you're thriving. It's a good time, man. It's a good time because you went through hell. Bro, you went through the court hearings to fight for your kid. You went through the embarrassment of what they said to your friends and how everyone perceived you. And then all of a sudden, you're on top of the world. She or he's getting clowned. I'm not speaking from experience, by the way. Please, Amy, Mike, this is nothing against y'all. This is just in general, right? I mean, when you look and and after the season Oklahoma had and the jokes and the guffaws and the clowning we had to deal with, heck yeah, we're going to let you hear about it. And I got no problem with it. Do it. Shut up, Matt Leinart. Go back to making horrible TikToks about how you're suddenly old. You were the first one to laugh and clown and talk about how USC is going to race by Oklahoma. Now when that race is suddenly, you know, you're you're in danger of getting lapped. Oh, it's not as funny anymore, is it? No. It's not as funny. And and when all those folks that were in your mentions yeah. long, long ago are right. Right. It sucks. It sucks. They tried to tell you. Do you know how? Listen. Dude, I'm getting all fired up now. I got to calm down. Goodspeed's coming in here. All right, David Goodspeed is next right here on the ref. Don't go anywhere.